bottle, which I both forgot to refill and left over there in the kitchen. So hi, everybody. I'm getting off to a great start. I'm so excited for today. We haven't done um, our community podcast called The Cauldron um, in a while. So with me today, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move her on over, is Free Quiet. Let me see if I can get this working again. Hello? Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, how are you? I, uh, I exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, an anonymous cheer. I appreciate that very, very much. So, um, do you want to uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so my Twitch handle is Free Quiet. Um, I'm not currently a streamer. Um, but my husband, Timmy Cola, is promo, go watch this channel, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I've been um, a gamer pretty much all my life since my grandmother bought me uh, a Game Boy when I was five, um, along with Kirby Pinball. And I am a huge fan of Pokemon and Mario and uh, the Borderlands series and all sorts of other things. Um, I work as a content strategist. Um, this is not my first podcast, although I probably will sound nervous for the first five minutes because <laughs> this is what I do. And oh, what else to say? Um, thank you for having me. Nope. And <laughs> <laughs> first of all, thank you for being on. I do appreciate it. Um, we definitely need some more female voices and um, having somebody that we can sit here and we can talk to you about different issues and uh, stuff we'll get into is uh is really fucking cool so thank you um chat let me know if free is coming in okay and uh we'll go from there also if you'd like to ask free or myself any questions go ahead and do exclamation mark q space your question and uh we'll go from there <laughs> let me make sure the queue is actually working there we go perfect mal what's going on guys thank you for the biddies um all right so first things first um do you want to talk a little bit about, like, what you do and, and how you do it? Again, you don't have to get, like, too personal, but just, like, eh, I do this, I do that. Like, what, is your, what uh, does your job entail? Oh, yeah, so my job. Yeah, so I'm a content strategist, which is just a really fancy way of saying that I'm a writer. Um, but I think it entails a little bit more because um, right now I work for a small agency, and um, we have some – it's a small agency, but we have some pretty large clients. Um, so I do a lot more than writing. Um, I am not only like writing blog posts for these clients, I am strategizing about like what kinds of posts will get them the most views and will result in the most conversions, meaning like who's going to, what kind of content will get them the most new customers or free trials in some cases. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's also a lot of like reporting um, we do things like content pruning. So like, hey, you have three posts on this topic on this site. They're actually all competing for the same keyword. You should reduce them into like one post or like delete these two posts and like that. And we do refreshes. So we might take a piece of content that is just okay and add like another 500 words to it and make it perform a lot better. So it's it's a combination of like, yeah, I'm a writer, but also I am looking at performance, like search engine performance. I'm looking at how potential customers and current customers are reacting to our clients' content and uh, doing a lot of reporting and then listening to what our customers are actually asking for and and what they need us to write or develop or um, 
in some cases recommend that they do um, if they have like, oh, we have these 20 pieces of content. We have no idea how to present them to our customers. And that may look like a certain format or it may look like a downloadable PDF or something along those lines. So. So it definitely looks sounds like you're you're juggling you're wearing many hats. You're kind of a renaissance woman when it comes to content creation and SEO and all that if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um the job that I have now, I would say is actually a little bit more simplified and I wear a few less hats than the the previous role I had mm. where I was not only like doing in-house content creation I was also managing an external content agency and managing everything they did and they were doing blog posts they were doing video scripts they were doing uh translations like that was a whole level on top of many many more hats (laughs) so yeah I, I I really enjoy what I do otherwise I wouldn't still be doing it um I've been in content for like ooh uh six years now um, wow. And I, I really love it. Yeah. So something that you brought up that I'm interested on in, that I've I've never heard of before is, is content pruning. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? I know you explained it a little bit, but like, this is the first I'm hearing it. And I'm like, what the hell is content pruning? Yeah, so just to give you an example, um, there are some sites out there. Um, I think if anyone is in like the marketing world or has touched on marketing before, I think uh, HubSpot is a really good example of a site that needs to do this desperately. Mm. And just long, long story short, they have like um, a a marketing product. They have like 5,000 blog posts oh or something. It might actually be more than that. Mm-hmm. And those posts have been collected over like six years, right? And many, many internal writers, many guest writers, many contributed pieces of content. And they might have three posts on the topic of what makes a social media uh, post on Twitter successful. And what inevitably happens with search engines, including Google, is if you have three pieces of content on the same topic, Google can't really decide. Like It's like, okay, I have to pick your strongest piece of content to rank number one, Mm -hmm. but they're all together in some way. Maybe one of them has really good images. Maybe one of them has really good written content. And maybe one of them has like, I don't know, like a high user time on page or something. Ultimately, what you have to decide is which of these two posts should you prune from your site? I see. Um, or, you know, and what what can you do to like present to search engines like, hey, this is the strongest piece of content I have on this topic. And this is what should actually rank on this topic mm. because Google and other search engines probably aren't going to rank you numbers one through three for like what makes a successful post on Twitter. Um, they're going to choose one and it may not be the one that you think should rank number well, one. The, the also, best one, it'll be whatever one the algorithm favors, I guess. And also like more importantly than search engines, writing three different posts on the same topic or similar topics is just a really crappy user experience because if someone searches your site and they see three different posts answering their question, one of them is from 2019, one of them is from 2016, and the other is from 2008, they're going to be like, oh, well, obviously I'm going to read the 2019 post. That's probably the most accurate. But then if the 2019 post doesn't actually provide an answer to their question, they're just going to get frustrated and walk away. They're not going to go back to like the other two posts and be like, okay, well, maybe I should read these two. Right. You so, see that a lot in, yeah. not to interrupt, but you see that a lot in, in like um, personal blogs and in some other content. Like I follow a couple of pagan uh, news stuff and they'll have multiple 
post on one topic and it's like, is there any way you can condense this? It's not like, you know, part one, part two or anything. It's just, here's this article from 2017. Here's this article from 2018. It's like, just, just update the article. I'd rather you do that instead of me having to go through your archives and trying to piecemeal everything together. Yes. And actually that's a good point. Like that's something that that's called content refreshing as, as opposed to pruning with pruning. You're usually getting rid of like extra pieces and, or, and combining them all, or just like redirecting the URLs to one place mm-hmm. with refreshes you're taking something that may already be a strong piece of content and adding more to it and updating it or making sure that the information is relevant maybe you're reflecting recent changes in the news maybe you're adding another image or something like refreshes are something that we do for our clients a lot Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't something that i actually did until i started at my current um i'm kind of like looking back on my previous work and kicking myself a little bit like why did I wait so long? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, it happens. You got to make decisions that are right for you, like in, in the moment. And hopefully now uh, you're in a, in a better place from what I understand you seem to be. Yeah. And I think also like most of my uh, positions up until now, not only was I an in-house content creator, I was creating content for websites that didn't have any content. So there really wasn't much to refresh. Oh, I see. So it's just like, <laughs> go, just do the thing. Just pl- yeah. something. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. All of my energy was like, do the thing, make the thing, make the new thing, <laughs> bring for the stuff. Like not, not let's go back and like, you know, touch it up a little bit and make sure we're having the best user experience possible. It's like, oh my God, we don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> we need a thing. You can write, go do the thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the things that you brought up in the form that was filled out, like what kind of topics you wanted to discuss, um, one of them was uh, women in gaming, in tech, being on the internet. And uh, I kind of want to jump into that a little bit because I think you and I have had similar but also different experiences being women who are involved in like the like the gaming community or in the tech community. So I, I wanted to start uh, touching base on that for a second. So like... Let's start off with the job. Um, have you ever had any difficulties being a woman and doing the work, like the industry that you're in, like having to deal with um, any any sort of like sexist, sexism in your job? Unfortunately, I have. Um, I think it's it's kind of interesting that interesting um, difference between the work that I do and a lot of other women who identify as like women in tech. Because usually when you're hearing the phrase woman in tech, it's it's someone who is a developer or um, they're working with um, kind or they're working with um, systems. They're working, you know, like like, like they're, technical. They're coding yeah. or programming. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't like titles right now, but I think it's a lot more accurate when you say a woman in tech. You're talking about a woman who is working. Um, in the tech industry of some kind. And that has been like the, the position that I have now. I'm working for a company that we have mostly um, SaaS, which is um, software as a service um, clients and like B2B businesses and like a software clients. So I am still working in tech. And then my previous position, I was actually working for a, a very large software company. So even though I am a content strategist i am still a woman in tech um and the same would apply for like our hr people our people ops um our our head of marketing like we all and yeah to get back to the question like i have unfortunately experienced 
um, some prejudices and some sexism, I would say they're not on the same scale mm-hmm. as uh, what my uh, female and non-binary co- co-workers had experienced um, when they were in like the engineering and development roles, mm-hmm. and they were a lot more on the internet <laughs> yeah. than, than little old me. But um, yeah, I think like one example is um, I used to staff a lot of events um, and this was just be like where the company I was working for at the time, we would go to the event. We were actually one of the sponsors and we would give away t-shirts or we would just be there for people to ask questions, um, stuff like that. And one of the very first large events I went to, a bowl of Hershey Kisses on the table came up and was just like hey <laughs> give me a kiss Ugh, come on dude dude no come on and it, it just <laughs> come on man it, it felt so gross and then like not an hour later um my uh manager at the time um who was also a woman had a dude come up to her and be like hey yo give me a shirt give me a shirt right now and she's just, she was like talking to another customer and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, so-and-so can get it for you. And he's like, no, I want you to give me the shirt. And we're like, oh, God, dude, stop. Uh, first of all, uh, what the fuck? Second of all, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> like, the, the 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 balls on people to to go and say those kinds of things. Like, you, you hear these these stories, like, all the time, but it, it never fails to, to just, like, make me stop in my tracks and go, are, are, are you serious? Did you really do this? Did you did you think this was gonna make you look good? I think the those were two of the really prevalent incidents I had, and then some of the others. I mean, were just innocent because I don't think they're ever really innocent, but they were dudes not thinking before they opened their mouths. Um, so it would be like, you know, oh hey, are you like a uh, so we had uh, customer support folks um, who we called happiness engineers and they'd be like, oh yeah, you're one of the happiness engineers, right? I'm like, why are you making the assumption that I work in customer service? Is it thing mm-hmm. or um, and the, the events where I was speaking, they'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? Are you talking about customer service? And like, <laughs> talking about how I developed a content strategy that made us several million dollars, but okay <laughs> like and I, I don't think that's nearly as it, it's not ill-intentioned right they're just like making assumptions based on they might know that okay a large majority of our happiness engineers or identifies women or whatever and a certain way or whatever but i i yeah like my largest talk ever i did have someone be like yeah so you're talking about like customer support right i was like <laughs> No, I am not. <laughs> and it's <laughs> not why I'm here. Right. And you actually, have to like <laughs> gently turn around and be like, actually, no, I'm talking about this strategy that I made for our, our content support. Like you just, I want to like shake these people and be like, one, were you actually paying attention? Two, are you just doing this because I'm a woman? Like if it was a man presenting this, would that be like, or a masculine presenting person, like, would that be, uh, would you be asking that question? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, Tim, my husband, just said it's similar to a woman saying they work at a restaurant. People will assume she's a waitress, where she could be the head chef, she could be the head of HR, she could be the owner, she could be right. the co-owner, something along those lines. But oh, yeah. yeah, he's absolutely right. It's it's very very similar to that. We make 
I think I, I still do it as well. We make assumptions based on gender and appearance all the time. And I, it's easy for me to write that off as just like, yeah, okay. I understand why they would think that, but I, I did see a lot of my coworkers who were in more technical roles struggle with that a lot more with those assumptions Mm -hmm. and for very, very uh, obvious reasons. Oh yeah. And as my husband does something in the background, (laughs) um, come on, man, (laughs) I can, I can tell you my own experience as somebody who has worked in like, I, one of my jobs used to be, um, working for a, how do I describe it? It's a consulting group. And what we would do is we would go to educational conferences and conventions and we would do all the background tech setup. So like make sure that the AV stuff was working and playing, uh, make sure people had um, all of their presentations and stuff set up, make sure that I uh, was, uh, you know, just, just make sure everybody had a good experience. Me specifically, I was shooting video. So I would spend like, 14 hours on my feet running around to all these different like work rooms and and were rather workshops and presentations and keynotes and try to get footage and then spend another three or four hours trying to edit it all together to have it turned around by like the end of the conference and i would have people look at me and be like oh could you get me some water oh could you grab me uh, a towel and i'm like uh, excuse me i'm like uh no no i'm not doing that i'm i'm working do you not see this camera in my hand like it, i I wasn't being taken seriously as the rest of the people in my crew who were incidentally all men. So despite the fact that I was wearing outfits similar to them and I was, you know, I had a badge and I had, you know, the camera equipment and everything, I was still being asked to do like really menial kind of, (sighs) I don't want to say like beneath me work because that's a little rude, but like just the stuff like, oh, you're a woman, you could do that. And it's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's something I, th- those, those assumptions that like, oh, you're, you're a woman, you, you can, or you should, or you will do these things. I still see them happen now with like, we have meetings at work and it's just like, oh, uh, so-and-so will take the notes and it's, it's always a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, like they may be like, oh yeah, well, so-and-so takes really good notes or so-and-so types very fast, but do the men type slower? Really? Right. Do the men take do the men take less good notes? Can I can I get a peer reviewed like journal <laughs> telling me the you know the the statistical numbers on who types faster or who can take notes better? Like when I used to be on a team, they'd be like, "Joan, you can take the notes, right?" And I'm like, "Have you seen my handwriting? No, somebody else is taking the notes. Don't pawn this off on me." Like it's 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 frustrating, and I know um. I'm, I'm, I know that a lot of my audience is mixed. Like, we've got some men, we've got some women. Um, and I know this stuff happens to men too, right? Because, like, I've seen people turn around to, like, my husband and be like, hey, you're, you're a dude, can you lift this? And he's like, no, I have, uh, gout. <laughs> I can't do a lot of stuff. Hmm. Um, but it's, 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 it's insidious no matter what we look at it. But I, I think speaking about it from the perspective of women who've, who've gone through this, like, we, we tell, Young, we tell younger women and young girls like it does get better, but right now we're still sort of fighting an uphill battle when it comes to getting like basic courtesy or basic respect. Never mind making as much or having the same sort of perks and benefits that somebody else who is masculine presenting in our fields are, and that's that's something that absolutely needs to be worked on. 
Yeah. I mean, it just, and, and Tim can attest to this. Like I struggled for a very long time to get my salary to a fair place. Mm. (laughs) And a lot of it gendered, especially the part where like several years ago, I worked at a wall coverings company and was a manager of, three people and a male got hired to my team and after I had been there almost four years and he got hired below my salary and was not anywhere near management level and it's like yeah yeah at my time at the time he was my friend and it was just like okay cool I understand like maybe you have some talents and maybe you're going to be contributing a lot but then when I didn't get a raise and it was like oh well you didn't finish this project on time and you didn't do this and seriously all yeah and it was like all of the other work that i'd done like does that go like, out the cool. window like like cool i feel like this might be a little bit gendered i'm quitting now <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 so frustrating like i said having having to deal with this shit and i don't want to speak to to men's experiences you know because i'm i'm you know i'm sure men in a lot of way get to get the shit into the stick too but god damn it's like it's like being a woman is an uphill battle, and I I must imagine that it's worse if you are um like POC like I mean you, you, oh my god yeah like I mean we're I'm I'm assuming your your race is is white from the pictures I have seen of you I I don't well, I am to... white as no yeah okay, I, so... I am incredibly white <laughs> okay so I, I'm like I don't want to I don't I don't know I don't want to assume but it's like like the two of us as as white women have gone through a ton of shit I think I can safely say when it comes to that sort of thing but it's 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 compounded when you're when you're a person of color like a, a like a black yeah. woman Latina like holy shit like I I can't even imagine I I've seen people in content creators who are uh women POC and that talk about it and it's like damn I thought I had it bad shit um, I know I I there for me to like write off the small things that have happened to me as just like okay this happened like this person wasn't thinking and blah 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 yeah but I think for people of color it's harder to write that off because so much of it is thoughtless it's like potentially racially driven and you can't write that off like that's at the core of your being like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know and I'm not not a good person to speak about this because I am as I mentioned white as snow I am very eastern (laughs) european background but like yeah yeah I don't want to get yeah that's why I don't want to get too into it because like I'm like irish italian you know, and it's like I, I, this isn't my my issue to speak on. At some point, I would like to have more POC on so that we can talk about it. But for the time being, we'll we'll go from there. Um, Beth brings up a really good point and says that even when you work in an office of more women than men, like I do, you still have to kind of fight for fair wage because your bosses might be women, but their boss is a male, and that speaks to something. Who um, that speaks to something that is is very prevalent too. If you look at um, I don't want to say like who controls the media because it's 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 a whole thing, but like a lot of the top CEOs, a lot of the top um, people who COOs, people who lead uh, corporations and media, they they tend to be predominantly male. So it's it's like even if you you're lucky enough to work in a mostly women centric environment and or in a place where both you know all genders are, are created not created but are treated equally, um, you still have to ultimately report to somebody who and statistically is going to be male. Hi, Christine. How you doing? I 
lucky with my current role because um, my manager, who is the head of marketing, and our other um, main manager, who is the head of customer ops, mm. are both women. Mm. Highly experienced women who have worked in tech for quite a long time, and they do not take any shit. And um, I, I was, and my manager was like, "Cool, uh, you did exactly what I, what we wanted you to do. You're exceeding expectations. Here is your raise." And it was, it, it was, it just blew my mind that I was finally. It felt like I was finally in an environment where I didn't have to fight tooth and nail to be recognized as a high contributor. Mm. It just happened. And I think some of that is because I report to two very strong, like, take no shit women. <laughs> yeah. I'm just taking notes and uh, writing too. Um. So let's let's veer into that and talk about gaming, because you you mentioned that you've been gaming all your life. I know I've been gaming like ever since I was was a wee tot. So. <laughs> Have you experienced any any of that in in the gaming you know get culture for lack of a better phrase? Ah, oh, well. <laughs> that 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 kind of tells me everything that I need to know, but please okay, continue. So so it's interesting. I would say my first reaction is no. I haven't I haven't like really gamed online. Like I've had I think two streams in my lifetime, right? And like one of our friends watched me play Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, Aww. that was like it. That was like it. Um, but here's the thing: when I was uh, 19, I moved to Oklahoma, and the first job that I got was at a Toys R Us, mm. and I went in and I interviewed for a position in the electronics department, which at the time in this Norman, Oklahoma Toys R Us was games i mean there wasn't really like anything else there yeah and got the interview got hired showed up and they're like so actually we need to move you to customer service are you kidding comfortable no 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 this did happen because we aren't comfortable with a woman doing video games and we have this other dude in electronics now (laughs) ah fuck you guys like if I hadn't just spent three fucking months looking for a job so I could actually afford to go back to college and not have to move home, which, like, at the time, I did not want to move home. After three years, I was like, please get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. I I didn't last very long. I actually quit to go work at Dell. Which <laughs> was just like a perfect fuck you guys. Yeah. If you don't think I'm technical. That I is... went to Dell and was setting up hundreds of computers. Snap, snap, snap. Fuck you. But yes. <laughs> so that I think is a, a the, the strongest example of, oh, you're a woman so you don't understand games I've ever encountered. Um, the other part of that which actually made me laugh was I kept getting called over there to help sell video games, despite the fact that I was working in customer Oh service. my god. I would have responded <laughs> with, like, I'm sorry, I'm a woman and I have a vagina. That means I know nothing about technology. Please consult them. Like, what do oh, you- I would just go, i just go lean on the desk and be like, hey, uh, you, you need some help. I mean, I was a really, I was really shy <laughs> at the time, so I wasn't, like, as- 
am now, but I I just go over and be like, oh, okay, yeah, help. Oh, yeah, sure, I can tell you about this game. Like, sure, whatever. Like, I'll do whatever you want. I'm, the whole time I'm just thinking, I'm going to burn this fucking house down. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you and you. <laughs> You're just keeping a mental note. Like, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking mind boggling to me that like, like, you remember the, the video game commercials, like back in the 80s and early 90s, where like, everybody was playing games, and it was a family thing, and there were girls, and there were, there were boys, there were just all sorts of shit. And then like, come the mid 90s, it was like, yeah, we gotta ignore our sexy girlfriends so that we can play some fucking Madden 95. And <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Like, it's, it's this weird cultural shift. And I, I personally, I still kind of finger the blame on, like, the way that PlayStation marketed their tech. And it was like, you know, we're, we're not losers anymore. We play the sports and we got to do the thing. And that sort of, like, led a, a, a sort of slight cultural shift in things. But, like, from then on, it seems like women have been continually fighting this this fucking battle for recognition in in a in a culture that let like let's be real like this is a a consumer identity right like we most of the people here you know who are listening live or if you're listening to it you know after the fact or even just us chatting like i think most of us identify as gamers i don't mean like gamer with a capital g with the fedora well actually sort of gamer <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> not not that <laughs> but like you know like gaming is your is your main hobby or one of your main hobbies right so like that's a cultural consumer identity and i it, it boggles me that like a group of people sometimes women too because i've seen women be eagerly toxic and i'm going what the fuck but like it's again predominantly men sorry men coming in here and saying you can't consume the thing that i consume because of your chromosomes like you you can't come in here and and have this same experience because i said so and it's like what what <laughs> any sort of like oh you won't understand this because of x reason is just like nope stop it nope stop <laughs> There was this great video that was floating around on Twitter um, a couple of weeks ago. It was like a, like a 50 second video or something. And there was a, a woman, I wish I remembered her name, but she's like, I can't wait to uh, to start streaming. And she's like, I can't, you know, I spent thousands of all, uh, hours and dollars like playing all these video games and, and buying them and learning about them. I can't wait to go on Twitch and be called an e <laughs> And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about right, actually. Um... Oh. I had another feeling having worked at Target before. Dude, I worked at Target and I worked in the electronics section. And the amount oh. of people who would come to me and look at me like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, okay. All right. There's the toy aisle. Go have fun. <laughs> like, um, so, Timmy, Timmy Cola and I actually met working together at Circuit City. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I used to work at Circuit City. Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to Circuit City. Pour Circuit one, City represent. Pour one out for Circuit City. Yeah, pour one out. Oh my God, he worked there until closed. Um, I. So we worked in computer. He originally worked in like TVs or something, and then moved to computers. I worked in computers the whole time I was there. Mm. I don't think I ever had a customer like, uh, "Can I talk to a male or anything like that?" But. I I did have a few folks who I approached and be like, hey, how are you? Can I help with you anything? Who would just be like, 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, let and me. Then they, but, but, but then they'd get to talking to me when it was fine. But what I liked even more was I was the printer expert. <laughs> came in and was like, I, I don't know why I was so fucking obsessed with printers, but I was. And uh, any of the other dude, the male coworkers, I was one of two, I think at one point three women. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the dudes would be like, who uh, has a question about a printer, I better go get the printer expert. And then five, three little old me would come strolling around the corner like, hey, what's up? I'm the printer expert. How can I help you? <laughs> Do you want to know everything about printers? And some of the people would be like, so I was, I was the, the video game expert. When I tell people this, they do not believe me. And I go, oh, no. There were experts in every uh, little section, and I was the video game expert. So I had a dude come in, and um, I was, I was, all I was doing, like, it was kind of a slow day. So I was just, like, doing re- maintenance, following the planogram, just making sure everything looked nice and tidy, because otherwise I was just kind of sitting there. Um, so he comes in, he's like, yeah, I've got a couple of questions about video games. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, how can I help you? And he's like, he kind of like gave me the up and down look. And if, if you're a lady, I think you know what I'm talking about when like mm-hmm. somebody looks mm-hmm. up and down. Um, and he goes, well, I think I'd rather speak to somebody else. And I'm like, who would you like to speak to? And he's like, well, I guess I kind of want to talk to a dude. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I was like 18 or 19 at the time. And I was kind of just like, like taken aback. Like, what? What? So he goes to customer service, and I'm just sitting there, like, like standing there, like, oh, okay. So I go back to my section, and I'm just doing what I gotta do. So next thing I hear, like, uh, a manager walked by, and the guy's like, yeah, so uh, could you help me out? And the guy was like, yeah, sure. So he's like, so I got a question about whatever video game, like, this was like PS2, Xbox era. And he's like, um, I actually don't know anything about video games. If you want to know something, you should talk to her, because she knows, like, everything about it. Like, it's ridiculous. So he literally comes back, like, walking back to me with, like, this forlorn expression. And he's like, oh, so, like, I was kind of wondering, like, what kind of preferals I should get. Like, what what kind of accessories (laughs) do I need? And I'm like, well, sir, (laughs) here's what you need if you want to buy something, you fucking douche. (laughs) It's it's unbelievable. And I'm just like, dude, like. If I don't know something, I will tell you. I'd be like, you know what? I don't have that answer in front of me, but let me see if I can find out or if I can find somebody who does. That would be, you know, how you I'd answer something. Not like, uh, I don't know, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's how I always answered customer questions if I didn't know the answer. It was like, well, I don't know, so you can just fuck off the best. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, there would, there, would people, there would be people <laughs> who come into Circuit City and, like, we didn't have anything. And they'd be like, well, well, I'm going to go to Best Buy. And it's like, oh, that's your prerogative. That's okay. that's fine. <laughs> did, I, did I tell you guys when I when I was uh, when I was called and part of my language here, when I was called a cunt when I worked at Circuit City? Oh, no. <laughs> so, OK, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't tell this story. So this was around the holidays. And I think it was Shrek or Shrek 2. I want to say Shrek 2. Don't quote me on this. One of the Shrek things um, just came out on DVD. And I, the, the staff was really over, over, overrun because it's the holidays, people are running around doing crazy, some people on register, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I'm covering the video game section and I'm covering the DVDs and um, at the time, whatever VHS was left, but like DVDs, CDs, etc. So uh, a woman comes in and she's like, like middle age or so. She's like, I'm looking for Shrek 2 for my grandson. So I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll, I'll see if we have it. Now, this was like right after Tuesday. And for those of you who don't know, Tuesdays was when we'd get the new releases in. So it came in, but it was bought out in like like a day. Like people come in and they buy it and that's it. So I'm like, well, we don't have it here, but let me look in the back. Let me check the warehouse. Let me, I'll, I'll look around for her. Cause she was like, you know, I want this for my grandkid, whatever, whatever. So I look online. We don't have anything. I look in the back. I personally look in the back because there was a truck coming in that day. I'm like, well, let me see. Maybe it's in the truck. I check the truck. I check the warehouse. I check online. I check our stores. Nobody has them in, in our area or in the store. So then I finally go ahead and I check stores like down by uh, Tampa because I was living in Florida at the time. And I'm like, well, unfortunately, like there is one available, but it's it's in the Tampa store. Now, if you want, I know it's a bit of a drive, but I can call them and say, hey, you know, we can, can you hold on to this copy for, you know, you so that we can go get it. This woman lost her shit. It was turning around and be like, I can't believe that you don't get a single copy of Shrek and my grandson really wants this for Christmas and this is unbelievable, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, ma'am, I, I literally did everything that I could to help you. Um, I know it's Christmas. I know it's the holidays, but you know, I, there's, there's nothing else I could really do. And then she's like, well, you're just an unhelpful cunt. And I'm like, why don't you go talk to customer service now, ma'am? I'm a little busy and I have things to do. So like I just I left the floor and um I went into the into the employee lounge. I just kind of sat there for a couple of minutes. And I'm like I can't believe I bent over backwards to help this fucking lady for her to turn around and call me a cunt. Like I I was I was I was shook. I was very shook. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even a good movie. Yeah, right. Right, but like, you know, and I, I, I get it. It's the holidays, you're frustrated, you're trying to find this thing. Um, I understand. But yeah. don't take it out on fucking retail people, man. Especially when people are going above and beyond. Because technically all I had to do was just look in the rack and be like, I'm sorry, we don't have it. Like, I didn't yeah. have to do it and all that other shit. But I did it because it's the holidays. Um, I actually went in the back. <laughs> Yeah, right. Instead of just like, like you, chilling you out, you know, when you went in the back, you didn't just you didn't just pull one of the things where you open the warehouse door, walk behind there, make eye contact with someone, and be like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna go back out in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> then you go back out, right? I, I I'm not saying I ever did that. I'm just saying, no, no. You actually went in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, I, I think we've everybody who's worked in retail, like, you hit a point where you're like, I just, I just need a minute. And I think most yep. people understand, like, the people you're working with, like, yeah, you know, you can't spend forever back here, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Yeah, and, and Coop brings up a good point, like, because we live, I lived in Newport Ritchie, and that's a, that's a fairly long drive. It's north of Tampa. So, like, to go there to the Tampa store probably would have been about 45 minutes if they didn't have traffic. Honestly, probably longer, because, like I said, it's the holidays. So I'm like, I understand it's a long drive. I, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me check the back, turn around. Nope, I'm back there either. <laughs> I don't know what to do for you. Um, speaking of gaming real quick, because that is uh, one of the things that, that we do. Let's, let's, let's shift over from angry retail stories. <laughs> 
So one of the things that you brought up was uh, was Animal Crossing. Tell me more about Animal Crossing. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> you just have Animal Crossing in like two question marks. Uh, yeah, I was like, just okay. like, you like Animal Crossing? <laughs> I like Animal Crossing. Um, Timmy and I actually used to play Animal Crossing together um, long distance a little Aww. bit before, before I moved back home. Um, and then it, it, it's it been kind of a, a omnipresent part of my life. It's the first game. Um, I have an unnatural obsession with Goose. Oh my god, Goose. Um <laughs> Goose, if if you've never encountered goose in your um in your neighborhood, folks who are listening, or if you don't play Animal Crossing, Goose is a chicken. Um, his name is Goose, but he is actually a chicken. Um, he is a jock personality. Um, he is obsessed with sports and getting buff. And he was one of my first two neighbors in Animal Crossing on the GameCube. And I just became obsessed with him, and I still love him, and I have, um, I think two stickers of him on my desk. <laughs> Goose! I know Goose! My man! He's my man! I've never had, I've never had Goose, but I've seen people who have Goose, oh, and everybody tells Goose. me that he's, he's an absolute sweetheart, and I'm like, okay, oh, we can do that, that's a, totally fine. He's a, <laughs> no, he's not angry. He's not angry at all. He is, he is pretty chill, and to get buff and yep i love him i love him a lot goose and um funny enough i think i think ava is her name uh ava she's she was my she's another chicken she lived uh oh she's a cutie i remember where yeah yeah they lived they lived like across from each other um (laughs) near near my house in my very first neighborhood so i've I've always liked them both. Shift them together a little bit, you know. Aww. They're, well, they're, they're both chickens. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fine. I think it gets weird. Like, I've seen a lot of people who will um, ship themselves with Bob. And it's like, you know, you're, you can do that, I guess. But... Right? He's a cat. I mean, I don't like it, but, uh, you know, you do you. <laughs> I mean... Everybody's losing their mind in chat. Like, goose! Goose! Noah says, oh my god, I had Ava in my ACNL town. Nice! I like Ava. You know who I like? I gotta I gotta show chat this real quick. I can show you real quick. Um, you know, I have a, I have a whole list of favorites if, if oh, y'all yeah, want me to so go least. down them, but... but Look look at this grim boy. Look at Hamphrey. He's he's, he's a grumpy personality. He's a, he's a hamster. And he, like, if you get to know him, he becomes like... I guess Sundere is the best way to describe it. Like, he he won't admit that he right out likes you, but he'd be like, get over here, you, you whippersnapper, and then here's a gift, and just take it and shut up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's he's how... adorable. I think his name is Groucho? Or something Groucho. like that? Groucho, that sounds familiar. He's, he's like the grumpy bear. Oh, maybe it is Groucho. It's him! Yeah! Groucho? I feel very cold. I was playing, um, was it City Folk or New Leaf? It's it's whatever the the newest one on the DS. Oh, his Japanese name's Kuro. That makes sense, because he's, he's like, black. Um, wow. Okay. Anyway, um, he 
is super, super grumpy. But when I was like having a really hard time, like depression wise and playing Animal Crossing, he sent me a letter that was just like, hey, kid, cheer up. I'd be really sad if something happened to you or something like that. And I was just like, oh, I still have a photo of it somewhere. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That is that is that is my heart. That is my heart. Oh, my God. My first Animal Crossing town had Cody in it, and I wish I still had some of the screenshots that I took. I, I, I might have them somewhere. But he would just be like, how you doing today? Uh, it looks like you're out of sweatpants. That's good. And I'm like, wow, you rude fuck. <laughs> <laughs> first of all. <laughs> first of all, how dare you? Second of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, who else have I had? I Cody, had... Cody. Yeah, yeah. Timmy says he likes Cody. I'm like, yeah, it seems like Cody probably is you yeah, as Cody, an Animal Crossing villager. <laughs> Cody's a good boy. Like, he's he's a he's a jock, uh, but um, he also kind of straddles that line, I think, between jock and lazy because he talks about food so much. Yeah. He's like, I did a yep. workout. I'm going to get creme brulee. All right. You, you, can you give me some, please? Muffy. Oh, my God. Muffy is one of the best. Look at this goth sheep. I love her so much. Oh, I never had her. I've had a lot of sheep, but I never had her. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. I love her. Um, Mal, why do you feel called? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I think you'd like Hamphrey. I think you'd like Hamphrey a lot. But um, yeah, Animal Crossing. Is, so am I the only one who has been like waiting with bated breath for when Animal Crossing for Switch is going to come out? Is it just me? I want it. I want it. I want it now. <laughs> Give it to me. Put it in my hands. Let me touch it. Let me caress the Animal Crossing. I already told my husband. I was like, Squid, um, play play the Switch uh, as much as you can now, because as soon as Animal Crossing gets out, you're not going to have it for a while. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, uh, yeah. So we have low-key talked about maybe getting a second switch. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it, it might it might come down to that because like he's got because he, he plays Pokemon and Sword and Shield is coming out. So I know he's you know, he's going to be all over that. Although it's probably not going to come out until like after the fact. But um, he's got like cause he's got Diablo 3 on there. So he's been playing that a lot. And then like every once in a while, he'll go back to like Splatoon. Excuse me. Splatoon or um, any, some of the other games that we got. But, uh, yeah. I, I may have to... We may have to invest in getting a in getting a new uh, a Switch just for myself. Thanks for the follow. Gaston was good. See, now we're all... <laughs> Chet, what is your favorite uh, Animal Crossing? Tell me what your favorite Animal Crossing uh, characters are. Who else did you like uh, free? Um, Wendy. She was like Wendy. the pop. I, th- I think it's Wendy. She's the there's the pop star sheep. I'll know it for sure because she's got like blue fur and oh look at yes. her. She's got a watermelon yeah, scarf. She's got a little buck teeth. Yeah, she's so cute, Peppy. Yeah, super super sweet. Um, I had her. Uh, the DS. Oh, there's another sheep. If you scroll down, mm-hmm. I I don't know how long the audio delay is on what's on your screen. Um, a couple seconds. The- I think. The black sheep that's on like the suggested images with the yellow fur—I forget her name, but she's another oh, one of my favorite. Vesta, sheep. Vesta, yeah. yeah, she's a cutie she's too. So sweet, I love her. Um, but I've had a, I've had a lot of sheep, <laughs> and those were the two that I just actually liked. 
uh, what are we I'm saying? I don't remember. Noah likes um, Avery and Lolly. Oh, I love Lolly. Have you guys seen Lolly? Look at Lolly. She is so cute. Like, I want to have, like, Lolly and Bob Aww. and a whole bunch of other cats sitting there. I just want to have a cat town one of these days. Rosie. She's adorable. There's Rosie on that sticker. Yep. I had I had Rosie. I know Rosie's super popular. Everybody, every, like, everybody I've talked to who plays Animal Crossing loves Rosie for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, she's, Peanut. she's just so sweet. Let me see what Peanut. Oh, Peanut! Oh, okay. I'm not normally a fan of the squirrel ones, but Peanut's pretty cute. And I think is also peppy. I think it's a similar personality to Wendy. Yeah, I think so. Who else is, is chat saying? Queenie? Oh, I remember Queenie. I think she was in my town, but like I, I switched her out for um for Hamfrey. <laughs> I like Hamfrey too much, I'm sorry. When Lolly left my town, says Noah, I was super upset. I built a hedge where her house was. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I think the only other Animal Crossing character that I was naturally obsessed to, or uh, obsessed with, attached to, both both are valid. Um, I don't know if her name is pronounced Pate or Pate. It's probably Pate. Um, but she was a, I think. Um, Pate. and she's one of the ones that like I I had like originally, and oh. then I made then I made sure I got her again. And I do still have a photo of, like, me playing at, like, 3 a.m. Standing on a bridge looking at the stars with her. Because she's just... I was like, I love you! I love you so much! Don't ever leave me! And then, like, she moved out. I'm like, I'm, I'm done playing! I'm never gonna play this again! <laughs> My heart is broken! I'm done! I'm freaking done! Like, yes, I knew... I know Goose is still here. Goose will never leave me. I have, like, 18 of Goose's photos. Goose will never leave. But, but no, not my dog! <laughs> I think I, I, my first Animal Crossing town got, um, corrupted. Like, I did something with the SD card and, like, something goofed up and I lost it. And I had, like, Cody and Anchovy and, like, it was a really good town. I was so upset. One point. He's a duck no. too, right? Uh, Anchovy? He's a bird. Anchovy and Jay, I think, are birds. Maybe Jay. Jay. Jay is, like, actually a blue bird or something. Cherries and all. I, I appreciate the 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 couple of goth characters or goth looking characters mm. that this game has. It makes me happy. <laughs> Cherry thick. Thanks. Good. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Back on GameCube says Tim. Uh, my dad and I shared a town. He would bury trash all around the outside of my house. Good shot. <laughs> That sounds like what my father-in-law does, yeah. <laughs> he goes on to say I would bury pitfalls outside. <laughs> Take this pitfall, motherfucker. When I first That's played it. ACNL, says Noah, I was in my cousin's town and Sherry was sick all the time. Aww. Oh. So, what do you... I guess my question now is, like, now that we, we both have shared our love for the Animal Crossing, um, what are you hoping that this next one has? Like, what are some of the features you're... you're looking forward to or hope that they they can do i think to me like animal crossing is is very similar to pokemon in that there's there's so many different ways you can play the game right like you can you can play it to uh <laughs> shrug stupid face. sorry <laughs> it came on my screen i was like ah! Um, I mean, like, you can play it, you can play it to collect all the, the fossils or all the fish and all the, uh, 
add furniture sets. Um, yeah. You can play it for just getting to know all the villagers. You can play it to create an epic garden, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's there's so many different valid ways to play it and enjoy it. I think for me, my enjoyment of it has evolved over the years from uh, let's collect everything to, okay, collecting everything is impossible. I will now uh, just try to like decorate epic houses and i i think that's what i really enjoy the most and i played the absolute hell out of um whatever the the home designer ds game was called oh happy home designer i love that game the game is cute i poured so many hours into that and then just got like burnt out on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and put it down one day was like i need to stop but that i think for me like i i think specifically i'm hoping for like brand new furniture sets maybe ease of acquiring furniture sets stuff like that um and maybe the option to like slightly customize your villagers houses without having to like throw a gift in their face and hope that they put it in their house (coughs) goose yeah that was a frustrating part for me like i i want i want them to take because in in happy home designer if you haven't played it um, you can create, like, the buildings in your town, in downtown, as well as, like, put, you know, the stuff in it and customize it however you want. So I'm hoping that, like, we can have that in what the next Animal Crossing game, as well as, like, still continuing to build houses for your villagers. Like, okay, here's the plot. Um, build it however you want. Being able to put furniture outside would be nice <laughs> if we can keep doing that. Oh my gosh, yes. Um... I really want an easier way to get more Publix Works projects because the way that they handled it in New Leaf sucks. Like, you have to run around and hope that your villager suggests you one and you have to hope it's the right personality for the one that you want. Like, it's it's a, it's a, it's just a rigmarole. It's a mess. So yeah, hopefully yeah, they'll, yeah. yeah, they'll find a way to, uh, to refix that. Noah says Bigger Towns. Beth says, my favorite cheat is Barbara. She's a little snooty, but still nice. <laughs> I forgot about Barbara. Um, so yeah, Animal Crossing, man. I'm just, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it so much. And yo, Noah and Stay Hydrated Bodies yelling at me the drink, so let me do that real quick. Maybe they'll add something so like, walk out of your house and Isabel will be standing there like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would love that. I want Isabel to be my roommate. She seems like it'd be good. <laughs> Christine, thank you so much. Uh, glad to see you here, and, and welcome to Twitch. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Um, so let's see. We talked about women in gaming. We talked about Animal Crossing. Oh, this is a this is a good lead-in. So I noticed that uh, you recognize one of the Japanese names for um, one of the, the Animal Crossing games yeah. we were looking at. Yeah, Kuro, um, yeah. And I understand that you went to Japan recently. Could you tell us a little bit about that? did i just got back on tuesday so i was in uh tokyo for about a week uh with my sister it has been a as you might guess um i am kind of a weeb um so it has been kind of like a lifelong dream of mine to welcome go to Japan. welcome to the weeb uh channel this is fun <laughs> <laughs> i feel right at home um so yeah, I mean, it was kind of a lifelong dream of mine to go to Japan, but I I think that um, as I've grown and matured, I've definitely went things that I would have gone if I had gone five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Um, I definitely went more for the food and the experience and 
um, to just like go to the Pokemon Center and a couple other things. Whereas five or 10 years ago, I would have been coming back with $800 worth of CDs or because um, I've, I've been really big in the Japanese music for a long time. Um, or I would have been coming back with a shitload of anime merchandise or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I went. Um, but speaking specifically about Tokyo, I don't think I will go again simply because um, it was very crowded. <laughs> it's like it's one and of I the largest warned, cities. I, mean, I was warned. I saw pictures. I saw videos. Nothing can prepare you for actually seeing like the local subway trains at 9 a.m. in the morning when people are physically pushing each other into a car and not able to get the doors closed because there are people in the way and and nothing nothing prepared me for it like people telling you like oh it's gonna be so busy nothing prepared me <laughs> so i i think i'd like to go if i go back again in the future um with with timmy cola i think maybe we'd go to like osaka or kyoto or something like that mm-hmm. somewhere uh i don't want to say deserted but quiet <laughs> So we can still enjoy the food and what makes, you know, the country nice, but, um, just. Like, maybe Okinawa, maybe something that's a little, a little set of the way. See, like, for me, I, I grew up in, in Brooklyn. I grew up in New York City. So, like, packed trains at nine o'clock in the morning were just sort of par of the course, you know? Like, it was just, well, get in and, you know, hope for the best and try to get out with your stuff. Although um, I've seen uh, footage from from the Japanese uh, trains and they're they're I would say if New York was bad, then I think the Japanese trains are just a little a little worse. Not by not by too much, but they're they definitely get like around around that area. So it's 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 a lot to deal with, especially um, like if, if you're like my husband, he's got um, social anxiety. So for him to be around that many people on top of being like cramped into a car <laughs> I, I can imagine it'd be it'd be very like i know the word trigger is overused quite a bit but like very triggering like oh my god you know there's so much going on and yeah. there's so much people what what made it hard for me specifically is like i really uh, have to walk with a cane due to mm. fibromyalgia mm. and um i made it until the very last day when we were going back to an airport until i actually pull the cane out but I was wearing a ankle, a soft ankle brace on my right ankle for the majority of the trip um, because I was getting some pretty serious pain. Yeah. And no matter when we got on the train, if it was 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 1 p.m., in the evening, like, there was almost an... We were in Shinjuku, so I know it was a bit... Shinjuku and Shibuya and all the other stops that we're going to um, until we got a little bit more into the outskirts but it was so hard for me to find somewhere to sit down and that language barrier made it impossible for me to be like hey I know I look fine but I actually need to sit yeah (laughs) and even what what got me was even when we were going back to the airport I had a suitcase and I had a backpack and I got on with my cane, like, out in front of me, and a dude still tried to take the last seat. And I was like, oh, come on! Come on, dickhead. Like, really? Yeah. And then he kind of looked, he was like, you could see, he was just like, 
okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess he missed it. He was just like, no, stupid foreigner. You don't need to sit down. But yeah, and then I was just like, mm, kind of do right now. Thank you. <laughs> kind of need that a little more than you do right now, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's frustrating, too, because that's it. Not to deviate too much from um from talking about Japan. But like when you have, I guess, what's called they're called invisible illnesses. It makes it harder for for you to to get the things that you need because people don't take you seriously. Right. Um, yeah. Like I have, um, I've mentioned this before, so I won't go too much into detail, but I have like depression, anxiety, and PTSD, and they do affect me on a daily basis. Not so much physically, although that sometimes comes into play, but more mentally. So like trying to explain to somebody like, hey, I can't do that, not because I don't want to or because I'm lazy, but because I do not have the energy or the means of doing this thing right now. And it's like, well, you look fine. It's like, yes, I know I look fine and thank you, but- that doesn't mean I can do the thing. <laughs> and I, I imagine that's my, that's my favorite is, yeah. is, Oh, well, you look fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta be like, yes, I know I'm gorgeous, but that's not the point. The point is, yeah. is that I can't do this. You, uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious. Have you ever been, have you tried yoga? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, okay, so on top of my having the depression and everything, like, I'm also very fat. I'm overweight. I don't mean this as a self-deprecating thing. It's just I am fat. Um, So I've had people tell me, like, well, you know, if you just stretched and did some yoga, maybe did some meditation, um, everything will be fine. You'll be fine. And it's like, first of all, <laughs> like, you, you can't use yoga... To, to solve all of your problems. Yes, it's very calming. Yes, it offers really good stretches. But it's not the the end-all, the be-all, end-all of, of solutions here. Like, I, I like taking an integrative approach when it comes to, to healing. So, like, I take my antidepressants and my anti-anxiety, blah, blah, blah. But I also do things like meditate. I also try, or try to, I do things like pray. I do things like uh, stretching and whatever else. But it's, it's like... <sighs> Yoga isn't going to solve everything. <laughs> it's a stretch. It's breathing. Stop. I, so my, I've been, I've been, have you tried yoga so many times? God. I, 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 so many times. And my physical ailments are, I don't want to say extensive, but extensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I have a little bit more going on than fibromyalgia, but, um, I had a dude, this is another conference staffing story, I had a dude who followed me on Twitter seek me out while I was staffing a booth. Oh no. I had to use my cane because I couldn't put weight on my right ankle. Mm. And he's like, hey, I follow you on Twitter and I saw you said something about having fibromyalgia. Have you tried yoga? Oh my god. Okay, A, right now I'm, I'm staffing a booth, I'm actually supposed to be talking to customers, and B... Uh, I can't put weight on my right foot right now. <laughs> like, this is this is one of the things that that kind of scares me about like people following me on Twitter, and that, yeah. why I don't like post shit. Because like, first of all, like I, I'm I'm in the middle of something. Second of all, not the time or place. Third of all, no. <laughs> Fourth of all, what? <laughs> like, I have I have many questions. <laughs> I I uh I had a I had a coworker who was who 
Oh my god, she, oh, this is a former coworker. she, A, would constantly try to convince me to try yoga, which, you know, when I can put weight on my right ankle, yoga actually is pretty helpful. I have, I have mm. sciatica or something in my right, no, uh, my mom also has it. So, it does help with that, it helps me sleep without needing a knee pillow and tons of pain medication, but I can't sometimes put right weight on my right ankle, so, hmm, yoga. Um, I, yes, Beth, Beth Lay, I heard you have hypothyroidism, you know what you saw that yoga. I also have yeah. hypothyroidism. You would not believe what people think will cure hypothyroidism. Oh my God. Actually, you, you probably would know. I'm sorry for assuming you've probably heard it all as well. Yep. Yep. Timmy's trying to <laughs> freeze and told that as well. I've heard so much shit. Oh, eat more, eat more fish. It has more iodine in it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, and that's not to say that, that like that yoga is is i mean there's there's benefits to doing yoga there's benefits to meditation none of I, these things are 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 bad but they're not the cure like i'm not going yes, to, yeah. yeah i'm not going to magically lose you know 200 pounds because i start suddenly doing yoga you're not going to have like your fibromyalgia magically go away because you you stretched your leg one day like it's not how this works and it's and the other thing so this other this, this coworker i'm sorry to interrupt no, i, I don't want to forget to say this so she was like, A, do yoga. B, she was constantly trying to convince me to, to go vegan. Oh my god. All of your problems will be solved if you go vegan. I'm convinced you're eating too much meat, blah, 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 blah. Um, that I was having some, some weird digestion issues. Um, it turned out it was my gallbladder. <laughs> Going vegan would not have fixed that. No. My gallbladder was dead. <laughs> it was dead. It was non-functional. They pulled that out. I didn't need to change my diet whatsoever. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like it's, and I, I, I get this a lot. And again, I don't have like fibromyalgia or anything, but I, I do have other symptoms. And the most obvious thing that people, when people look at me, they see my weight, and I'm, I am very, you know, quote, more, I'm morbidly obese. I'm very fat. So they'll, they'll, I've gotten the gamut from everybody to well-meaning friends and family to complete strangers on the fucking street. Being like, oh. it's like, oh, you know, this, you, you do better if you exercise and if you change your diet. Really? Tell me more about this new, this new concept that I haven't heard of in the 34 years that I've been alive on this planet. Please tell me I more. I have never thought of that. Wow. What? You mean I could just eat less? Holy, Holy shit. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, tell me, can you, can you give me more information about this? <laughs> you're like, pull out a notepad. You're like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold so on. you're telling me Same. So you're telling me Mouth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see muscles, that's what you have to do. You need to figure out if they're part of the lizard Illuminati or not. Like, that's the most important thing. It shouldn't be their weight. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's it's people I think I think most people come from a place of concern. When when they when they see somebody who is overweight, fat, you know, however you want to describe it. Um, or somebody who has illnesses that they don't have. Like, well, maybe if you did this, maybe if you did that. Most people are coming from a place of concern. It's still ill-informed. And uh, there, you, it should be noted, too, that there are people who come in with ill intentions. Like, well, maybe you wouldn't, you know, worry about that those chunky thighs if you ate a salad once in a while. It's like, first of all, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Second of all, who are you? You know, like, it's, it's, it's this weird... Sometimes you don't know who is being well-intentioned or not. And then even the people who are being well-intentioned, you have to, like, kind of gently tell them, like, I, I appreciate it, 
I'm not looking for advice right now. I have a team of medical professionals who are helping me. Like, that should be it. Yeah, and the coworker who who would tell me to go vegan or or try yoga or or have you really tried yoga? Did you really try yoga? Right. Um, she she lost some weight, and I I know that was what motivated her. She wanted to see me feel better and you know do better, and you know it was it was well intentioned, but I think that kind of crosses the line when when it's when it's one remark right it's like it's it's one helpful remark like oh i'm just thinking this is work what worked for me have you actually tried this like one meaningful remark like that cool no i'm not gonna think anything if it's when it's become a when it becomes a pattern when it's every time i see this person they're like hey have you tried this or hey i'm doing this or hey this this is like you are too concerned with me right your your concern should really be elsewhere. I'm not saying it should be with yourself. It should just just be elsewhere. Like, like yeah, exactly as you say. Like my medical my my doctor has a great handle on all the shit going on with me. Yeah, and it's it's to the, and go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's it. That's it. Like no, that's it's to the point where like I've had to tell family members who are like who look at me and say something like, "Look, I need you to stop talking about this subject." Because you are, frankly, it's embarrassing depending on the context. Two, I am handling it. It may be slow progress, it may be slow going, but I am handling it with a professional. So I need you to stop bringing it up because I don't want to feel guilty every time I talk to you about whatever other subject. Like, it's oh, it's yeah. very frustrating. Um, and a lot of that leads into into something else that you you mentioned too when it comes to when it comes to body shaming. And uh, I wanted to know, um like how how would you how would you describe that and how like have you experienced it yourself i think mine has been uh, been very subtle right like i i my weight gain is took place after i was suspected hypothyroidism diagnosed hypothyroidism and then just had issue after issue after issue stacked on top of that um, I did as a teenager, um, way in like the one twenties, one thirties. Um, I was a tiny little thing. My sister now is barely over a hundred pounds. She is very, very, very skinny. Oh, wow. Um, my mom is very petite and very thin. Um, I am not now. <laughs> so I, I, I'm comfortable. I, I had to get to a point where I was just like, look, this is this is the size that I am. I have difficulty losing weight because of X, Y, and Z issues. Mm. Um, a lot of it is because my body reacts sometimes violently if I try to be too active. Mm. I took a kickboxing class once and was confined to the couch for a week. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what fiber does to you. <laughs> it's just Jeez. like, cool, you want to feel like you have a flu? Yep, there you go. Yeah, so um, it... I think that the most of most of the stuff that I've experienced has been very subtle, right? It's just been like glances or, you know, I might I might feel like I go out of the house wearing a tank top and I might feel like someone is looking at me a little bit differently. Mm. Or I wear a dress and I'm like, I, I'm feeling good about myself, but like I get a glance from somebody and I'm like, oh crap, I'm actually not pulling this off. And it's it's nothing for me. Because I think I, I'm straddling that line between 
and I hate I hate saying that, but normal size and plus size mm-hmm. that it's just it's just like preference like some people think a size 16 which is what i am is large and some people think the size 16 is perfectly normal and actually certain studies the size 16 is like the average woman's size in the u.s yeah um and i felt it a lot more that thing to me in japan was my sister is heavily tattooed she has arms and I am a size 16, whereas the average woman in Japan is like a size 4 US. Mm. Yeah. Both got looks for completely different reasons. And I was laughing. Contrast between old dudes staring at us and looking like weirded out by like, oh, fat gaijin and tattooed gaijin. As we're in Akihabara and there are fucking naked body pillows lining the street. <laughs> Which which tells you a lot about the culture, I think. I was like, yo, so you have a bigger problem with the size of my body and my sister's art. And like historically they have a big problem with tattoos. And and lar- and you can't buy size sixteen and up clothing in Japan. You you actually can't. Mm. A problem with this. And we're fucking strolling down the street in Akihabara, and there's naked chick, naked chick, naked chick, naked chick, naked chick, naked chick, naked chick. I realize that's Akiba, right? Like, Akihabara yeah. is, is a very specific area of Japan, and there are very specific shops in Japan that cater to that kind of person. But I was just like, I could turn on, I turned on NHK or whatever channel it was at midnight and was seeing girls getting shock treatment. Oh Jesus! And then I'm I'm like reclining in my bed that was clearly made for a tiny person. And I'm just like, mm. <laughs> this is so comfortable, <laughs> both physically and mentally. Like, Holy hell! <sighs> and and Coop in chat brings up a really good point that a lot of the the height to weight ratios that we see in the BMI, etc., they're based on what people were in the '70s, and there is a big cultural difference when it comes to to weight and to food availability and to obesity, et cetera, et cetera, um, from the seventies to now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, people, people look, I think, I, and I think that speaks a lot to like what happens with like fat shaming or, or just people who like glance at someone and make it, make a snap judgment about well being mm-hmm. is in, what am I trying to say here? If you if you glance at me and you see see me as a roughly two hundred pound woman, you might make some certain assumptions about the way I eat, the way I live my life, why I am this size, why I am this weight, blah 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 blah. But if you actually go talk to my doctor, she's gonna be like, health problems. She's got she's got a busted thyroid. She's got fibromyalgia. She's got some IBD type shit going on. We're trying to figure out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she has low blood sugar. She has low blood blood pressure. Every time we do any other blood work on her, the only thing that comes back is that she's slightly anemic. Um, she's as active as she possibly can be. Like, my health, aside from the the problems that I manage with medication and as much light exercise as I can manage without being confined to the couch, mm-hmm. is fine. I eat pretty well. And I think we make these snap judgments about the kind of people that we are based on physical appearance and size. Mm-hmm. Whereas the truth is, 
someone who is plus size can be just as healthy as someone who is the perfect looking I hate to say perfect looking because that's not my idea of perfect, but, you know, a size two blonde haired woman. Society is a socially acceptable look, I think is a... Yes, yes. More socially acceptable. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. And I I think, like, it should be noted, too, that we're not talking about just women. There are men who get fat shamed all of the time. And it's it's fucked up. And it's it, it makes you, like, when you... It makes you stop and think, like, I'm just trying to live my damn life. Like, what what does my appearance you know like i'm not walking around like a nazi you know symbol on me or something right so like <laughs> Jesus Christ. right but like like if, if if it was that then go ahead and and you know judge my appearance but if i'm just walking around by myself with my husband with my friends um that doesn't deserve a look of like pity or vile or disgust like i'm just trying to live my damn life um and i it's <sighs> It's so frustrating and like I don't I don't want to share the exact number but I'm over 400 pounds. I'm not proud of it. I have an eating disorder. It's something that I deal with. Um I am working with a therapist and my doctor and everything else to try to to sort this out. Um people don't see that. When people see me, they go, "Wow, look at that fat fuck." You know. And I again, I I use the word fat because that's the word that I'm comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with it, you substitute that for obese, plus size, zaftig, whatever you want. I just say fat because that's what it is. Um, and it's, it's, you just, like, I, there are some times, like, there are some weeks where I can't go a single day without getting a look or a whisper or somebody trying to take a picture or a comment that they think I can't hear. And it's, it sucks. It sucks. And I, and I think Mel's got a point. Like, women, culturally, I don't think I'm, I'm too far, like, left field in saying this. Culturally, women are, are conditioned to be, to be thin, to be pretty, to be quiet, to be nurturing, to be catering, to be, you know, uh, subservient in a lot of ways. And um, when you break that norm as a woman, people get uncomfortable. Even in this day and age where, like, there, there's a lot more to our culture and there's more subcultures and things like that. I feel feel like if you break that out of that out of out of those societal expectations, you're you're seen as a failure as a woman. Like do you, does, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it says a lot that there are jokes and music videos about dad bods. Mm. You know, the dads that older men that have you know put on a little weight or or go up a size or two or whatever and dad bod is like even seen as a compliment i don't i don't know of any woman equivalent you don't you don't see people go man she's got a rocking mom bod right like it's what you hear is oh when are you gonna lose the mommy weight right and it's like fuck you dude like that's none of your business and second of all fuck you again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i it I, I think it's it's but girl <laughs> it's called mom but to be oh, fair cool. i already have that great to I be fair i have seen some rocking mom butts i can say a this as butt. as a bisexual woman i have seen plenty of mom butts and i'm like damn she got a nice butt <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> 
But I mean, and T Dog, I got a mom butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and T Dog, I I totally get you, man. Like it's you can just be minding your own business, and people will just fucking look at you or say something, and it's like. What's the problem, man? Like, what did I do to deserve this shit? Like, I'm just living my life. And people don't see, because, like, I go, I, I'm lucky enough to have insurance because um, we don't make a lot of money. So I, I qualify for the state insurance. I don't have to pay for it, thank God. So um, I go to my doctor on a pretty regular basis. I get checkups, whatever. My blood pressure is low. I don't have any cholesterol issues. I don't have any heart issues. I don't have diabetes. I don't have pre-diabetes. I don't have any of that shit that stereotypically larger people in my size would have. Um, so it's like, if I can avoid all this and still be fat, clearly it's not a metabolic thing. It's it's an addiction thing, which is what I'm dealing with. But I, I'm not going to tell that to every single person who makes a comment. Because it's it's mentally draining. It's It's annoying as shit. And I want to just, like, again, shake these people and be like, why is my weight any of your business? Yep. I don't know. Like, I... Sometimes that I I feel that same way, like, I just want to take people by the shoulder. And it's it's not even just about weight, it's just, like, about what people say about other people in public. I just yeah. want to take them by the shoulders and be like, they're not hurting anyone, why does it matter? This is, I was, I was, you can't see it. I was making the motion of shaking someone by the shoulders as I was talking. Like, it, it, I I think that's my policy on life, right? Like, if what, if what someone is doing is not hurting another person or, you know, psychologically or mentally or physically, what they're doing, how they're existing is between them and themselves. And that's it judgment on them or or telling them to do something differently or being like do they not see how big they are or oh i can't believe they asked me to use a different pronoun like well you have to use a different word or oh my gosh you have to exist in the same place as someone who's not the same size as you holy shit you are so inconvenienced like i just i i don't know i and, and you could replace this with any number of other shit, we're like, oh, oh no, I have to sit in their person with somebody who is a different nationality or different religion. And it's like, you need to chill. There's, there's, it's, it, notice the problem here is, is you and it's not anybody else. The problem is circling around you. So maybe some self-reflection is in order. <laughs> it's circling a drain that looks like your face. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's true though, man. And it's, it's, it's. It's heartbreaking and frustrating and angry and it, it just all these things go through. And and as a side note, this is part of the reason why I don't dress in a stereotypically like a in a goth manner, even though I identify as goth, because there's too many jokes about being the fat goth that I I don't want to fit into that into that joke. So I wear like a lot of jeans and t shirts or a lot of like just regular black clothing, but I will never like put the makeup on or go full out unless like I know I'm going to be in a place that's that's friendly because I don't want to deal with assholes. I say I've never actually heard any jokes about that goth. Oh man, it was it was a thing. It was a thing for a very long time. Like I don't know if it still is, but it was for a long time. And I just like oh. that shook me too much, so much to my core that I'm like I'm just not doing it. Um, I'm not sure if this has been said. What's going on, Grow? 
But typically people who present themselves in certain ways often harbor negative things associated with the appearance. I use the word typically loosely. And that sucks for people who don't have characteristics of an appearance. Yeah, and, and it's... What's, what's, what's worth bringing up, too, is that, like, when I stopped judging people on their appearance was when I started feeling better about myself. Like, because I think, I think in some way we're all kind of socially conditioned to, to look at people and be like, oh, that dress doesn't go with those shoes, or she shouldn't have done her hair like that, or whatever. And I was reading a book called The Fat Girl's Guide to Life, and it was like, one of the chapters in there was Stop Judging Other Women. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And ever since I stopped doing that, like, I've just started seeing people for, for people, for their actions and what they do as opposed to who they look like. And it's also made me worry a lot less about my appearance. And it's like, holy shit, like, once you get out of this automatic judgment, for good or for bad, on people's appearance, like, the world totally, like, your mindset totally changes. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. Yeah, and I think, like, for me, I, I still will, that I, I don't ever judge someone or make assumptions about someone. I'm I'm human. I have built-in prejudices, and uh, as exactly May said, I think we are taught to judge others. My mom definitely judges people, and that rubbed off on me, and it is something I've had to, like, work out. Mm. If I catch myself about someone in my head or or, you know, thinking something judgy, I will remind myself that Rob could think something just as mean about me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of have to talk myself down sometimes if I see someone and I'm just like, oh, why did they do this? Why did they make this decision? It's like, well, I don't, I don't know their life. Right. I, I'm not in their life. They, they made the best decision that they could at that time. And I have no input on that. Nor should I have any input on that. I am not that person. I'm not living their life. So I, I just kind of have to, like, talk myself down from that, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, they could be, you know, maybe they're in a position where they're scrambling for money or they don't have a lot of resources and they're putting on the best outfit they have. Maybe they're living their best life by wearing whatever the fuck they want. Either way, yeah. not my concern. And it's, exactly. it's you know, like, it, it shouldn't be your business. Unless somebody specifically comes up to you and be like, hey, stranger on the street, can you tell me what you think about my outfit? Then I'd be like, um, I don't know you. It looks nice. You know, that's, it's, I'm not going to tell somebody like, oh, well, you know, those colors don't mesh and they don't go with your skin and you're a little flabby. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Come on. <laughs> no, it is. You know, there is one occasion in my life where it's okay to tell somebody that the colors don't match. It's my husband because he's colorblind. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> different. He has and still does put brown shirts with gray pants and i have to gently say please don't do that honey it doesn't look very good do this <laughs> i don't know instead. if he's still listening but <laughs> and it's it's um oh, let me let me uh address something that's going on in chat here uh coop says i still want to beat up people for calling me a nerd because despite being a nerd uh being cool these days i grew up with an insult and that was it was the same for i think most of us oh, yeah. who are in our oh. our 30s and older like nerd was was the the hush hush like you don't want to hang out with them they're a fucking nerd um and may brings up a good point too since the beginning and the way vogue magazine covers commercials tell us how to look like someone we consider beautiful and that's and that goes a lot to what i was talking about before with the cultural conditioning we are hit with this 
I'm just going to say in America, because I can't speak to the rest of the world, even though it's it's probably universal. But in America, we're hit with this since birth. We are told that if we don't look a certain way, if we don't act a certain way, if we're not a certain race, if we're not a certain social economic class, if we're not a certain anything, like, you know, these criteria, that you will not be seen as a fully... Uh, fully adapted human you would not be you would not be taken seriously as as a person to be respected or that has power or that has privilege um and we buy into it because it's reinforced everywhere it's reinforced in our media it's reinforced on advertising it's reinforced in um what we consume it's everywhere it's 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 it permeates everything that we do so breaking out of that mindset and going, I don't need to look like this. I can look however I want and I can do whatever I want and fuck you. It's hard, but you, you got to do it for your own sanity because man, like dealing with the alternative and having to sit there and, and deal with all sorts of negative shit in your own head and other people's heads. It's like, man, my life is too short for this shit. <laughs> I can't do it. Wait, what? This turned into a tornado warning? Ooh. Yeah, we, I I just got an alert on my phone. We have a we have an active tornado warning. <laughs> do, do we do we want to start wrapping up then in case uh, uh, shit happens? It's actually raining. It's just a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> well then, let, let's let's play it safe. Let's let me let's go ahead and check my chat real quick. Uh, Beth Lay says I got dumped in the bathroom because I was a fat kid in middle school and someone took me to a dance as a joke. Yeah, and Beth, I'm so sorry. That's that's awful. And like, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, I could I can't remember what I had for dinner like three days ago, but I can tell you some of the nasty shit that kids have said to me in middle school and in elementary school and in high school. It stays with you. Anybody who tells you like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. Like, words harm. And people know this, and they can wield them just as good as anybody, like, somebody can wield a sword. Um, uh, exactly May has a question for you, uh, Free, if you're still there. Yes. Um, they say, uh, what has helped you remove the conditioning of judging others? Were there moments where you used to judge others, and how did you break that habit? So, I grew up in a very dominantly white um, area mm. uh, a little bit south of here so southern Pennsylvania and um, my elementary school, my junior high we we had no people of color of, of any kind I mean we're, we're all white as the fallen snow and growing up, if we ever had to go into uh, one of the closest cities here, um, which is a predominantly um, black and I think s slightly leaning more Hispanic community, my mom would lock the doors in the car, look very nervous, sometimes say very inappropriate things. And grained in me growing up that these type of people were to be feared or um, not to be trusted or hey let's not go into the city ever because it's it's kind of filled with undesirable people and then at 12th grade we got a uh, a black girl in my um in i i apologize like if if black is the wrong thing to say or if african-american is preferred i i honestly I am a naive white girl. I don't really know. Um, so we, we got a, a person of color in my AP English class. 
And she was the only person of color in my entire school. She was so nice. And I saw the way that she treated us, despite the fact that she was receiving apparently like hate notes in her locker and being told things like go back to Africa and, and like horrible, horrible things that I cannot even imagine and not been exposed to before. And that for me, I think was the first moment in my life that I was like, A, okay, I understand what racism is. Racism isn't real. And B, fuck. Would we pass judgment on people like the color of their skin or or where they live before we meet them? And it just made things like my mom locking the car doors or making snap judgments about people who live in this city close to me dumb because this girl was so nice and so smart and so thoughtful and i kind of think all of my experiences have stemmed from that moment um and my thinking has just progressed as i've gotten older going back to what i said earlier where it was just like if someone is living their life and they're not hurting you mentally physically emotionally blah blah blah, Mm -hmm. then who gives a shit what they're doing with with their life Mm -hmm. i mean obviously you know is there right like i don't condone child marriage i don't condone pedophilia like you know those things emotionally physically mentally harm other people i don't think that's okay but someone who is you know you know who looks different than me okay cool they look different than me that's not harming me in in any way whatsoever and that could be because they were born with a different skin color or because they have 8,300 8, piercings on their body. Mm. If putting thousands of piercings on their body makes them happy, I might look at them and initially my judgment will be this person is this type of person because they have so many piercings. But then I have to to uh, May's question. I have to like remind myself, hey, people probably make judgments on me about me based on the fact that I have four tattoos or I'm uh, plus size or I have really short hair or I am incredibly white. I don't know. Like why, why would it be okay for me to make a judgment about what kind of person this person with a lot of piercings is for people to make judgments about me. Mm. Setting yourself in that mental routine of when you catch yourself making a judgment about someone, tie it back to how you would feel if someone made a judgment about you based on something that you don't like being judged on. Mm-hmm. There is something very small, like, you know, I have a I have a butterfly tattoo on my arm that's in reminder of my grandmother. And people may look at it and be like, a butterfly. Yeah, what a white girl tattoo. I hate thinking that anyone is looking at my tattoo and thinking that it's a generic white girl tattoo because this has such deep meaning for me. Mm. It's based on a pin that my grandmother gave me that I've had all my life. There's like a long story about how I actually lost it and got it back two years later without the person who returned it to me knowing that it was my grandmother's pin. Got it tattooed on my arm. Mm. It's one of those things that I, I think about sometimes. It's like, I wouldn't want someone to judge me and say, think, Oh, wow, what a stupid generic white girl tattoo. I kind of tie that back to my thought if I catch myself judging someone based on someone else based on anything from like 
all their piercings or their tattoos or like what they're wearing or blah, blah, blah. You have to like do that mental math, I guess, is mm-hmm. a long way to answer that question. Yeah, and it's, I think part of the answer, I know this was directed towards free, but if I can interject for just a second, um, part of it is like, it's kind of like the golden rule, you know, like treat others the way you want to be treated. And it's like, I don't want people to come around and to judge me based on like if I'm wearing my favorite dress or if I'm fat or if I'm just out and about walking with my husband. So like, why would I want to do it to anybody else? Like, especially having gone through it, like knowing the the pain of it, knowing how it makes me feel, why would I want to project that and make other people feel that way like it's 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 so shitty and that's not to say that that i'm i am perfect at this sometimes i'll catch myself thinking about what somebody's wearing or somebody's appearance and then i'm like whoa 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 like this is this is not cool like you don't want it happening to you don't do it to other people and then i'll try to like distance myself from that thought or analyze that thought and be like well why am i thinking like this because it goes back to xyz whatever the point is is that it's it's an ongoing way of improving your mindset because the less you judge other people i honestly feel the less you'll judge yourself um and it's it's nothing but like but 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 it's like a win-win you know like if you can judge yourself less and and incorporate better self-talk and you know you can treat other people like that and it it makes everything just a little bit better in this fucking shitty world that we (laughs) yep um so let me like I I I do want to wrap up soon because um I I'm worried about the potential tornado <laughs> where, where you are. Um, let me go ahead and just look at chat real quick. Um, T Dog says in the thing of being judged, I'm partially blind. I get so many looks for how my eyes are. Like I used to, my eyes would move around and people would ask what's wrong with my eyes like that all the time. It was just exhausting. But nowadays I'm not really around too many people. Also, I get looked at for being bent over because of my back problem. Um, and it sucks. It's like, I, people are, if, if things deviate from the norm, people are going to, are going to look like it's just sort of human nature, but there's a point where you look for curiosity and it's like, oh, okay. And you, you go back to minding your business and then where people will just like sit and stare at you. It's like, hello, can, can take a picture? It's going to last longer and be a meme, you know, (laughs) like fucking chill. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, Beth Blake goes on to say, I still get kind of apprehensive about being around uh, African-American black males and I have to catch myself being that automatically cautious around them because I did grow up in the South and even my own parents tended to rehash the stupid uh, stereotypical things their parents had unto me and sometimes just without thinking about it. I have to be like, no, there's nothing that's going to happen just because people have said stuff might happen or perpetuate certain stereotypes. And I gotta be real with you, that's me too. Um, I grew up, my family was Irish-Italian. Um, my family is incredibly racist to the point where I remember being really little and I don't remember the full story. My mom had to fill this in on me. Um, my grandfather uh, is Sicilian or was Sicilian. He's he's since passed. Um, he had very, very dark skin and he was just obnoxiously racist. Um, he would throw around the N word like like nobody's business. So he would use it around me. And at the time I was like, two or three or something that's why i don't really remember the story but my mom told me so one day i turned around i pointed to him and i said hi grandpa and i said the n-word and my mother like burst out laughing and my grandfather's like you're gonna let her say that and she's like well maybe you shouldn't say that around her um 
And from then on, like, he never said it around me again. Um, and I, it didn't really change a lot of his behavior. Like, he was still racist. But I, I think that made him sort of stop and think, like, huh, like, maybe that's a really shitty thing to say to somebody. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so I, I think that a lot of people, and I'm, I'm just, I'm speaking to myself and, and my family, like, growing up with my family having those prejudices and then them going to raise me, sometimes I do have to catch myself and be like, you know, that's, that's not you. That is your shitty upbringing. And you are fine. And it sucks, but this is, this is part of when people say like white privilege and having to check yourself that, that this is the work. This is, this is you actively doing the work and going, no, 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 this is just a person. And that's all it is. My sister um, lives in Baltimore, which is a, a very, very, uh, especially certain communities, very, very um, African-American heavy, um, mixed race heavy uh, city. Oh, like a very high crime city. Um, and I'm those two things. They, they just they, they are OK. And ever since she moved there, my mother has been on a campaign to convince her to move back because I think my mom just has those inherent fears that because my sister is around certain types of people, something is going to something terrible is going to happen to her. And um, as far as I can remember, uh, the only time that she had, you know, a, a really sca- sort of scary encounter was when some white guy tried to break into her house while she was still at home. Like, I've had (laughs) more problems with with white dudes than with other people. Let's just just put it that way. Oh, yes. By far. And that's- In my experience, too. Yeah, and that's not to say, like, all white men- No, of course not. But it's just- It's been my experience. But, like, it's it's just- Just treat people with respect. Like, I think that's what this, this boils down to. Like, it shouldn't matter- what size you are, what color you are, what you wear, as long as you're not, again, actively, like, wearing propaganda symbols, a.k.a. anything that has to do with fascism, or, um, being a dickhole, just, just be chill. Now, I, I say that, again, with the exception of punching a Nazi. You could totally punch a Nazi, but, like, oh, yeah, don't- yeah. <laughs> I can do <turn> punch <laughs> But, like, don't, uh, like, leave everybody else alone. Like, that's fine. Um, so real quick, just to wrap this up, um, let's see if we could do a bit of like a lightning round here. Uh, what are some of your favorite films? Oh God. Um, mm, this is a terrible question. I, (laughs) movies to the point that I became like a meme in my life that people would be like, have you seen this movie? And I would say no. And they'd be like, of course not. Um, I think Coming to America and, uh, shoot, what's the other one? Timmy, help me. Uh, uh, shit. Okay. Coming to America is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um, and then there's, there's another one that plays around the same time. Uh, uh, Changing Places. Thank you. Uh. Changing Places. Um, yes. They, they play around the same time, like Christmas time every year on like Comedy Central. Um, I grew up watching them. I am in love with both of those movies. And they're both fantastic. And if you've never seen them, please go see them. Related, they have some of the same characters in them. 
I was gonna say I know uh, Eddie Murphy is uh, is the the leads or you know the lead in both of them and uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd for changing I, places. I right? love I love him so much. Yeah, I yeah. love that man. Um, how about favorite video games? Uh oh, okay, that's hard. Um, so in no particular order, um, Borderlands Two and the Borderlands pre sequel, um, just like first shooters I actually liked and completed um a pokemon crazy person i think pokemon pokemon black and white and pokemon x and y are probably my favorites of the mm. series um story wise and generation wise um a uh i really like games i don't know if i have a, a specific favorite one um, Animal Crossing, as mentioned, I think New Leaf. Timmy is helping me because he sees I'm spacing out. Yes, <laughs> Super Mario RPG uh, was the first RPG I ever played. I, I super super love that. Grandia Two, yes, Grandia Two was um, the game I played growing up. Uh, the Dead or Alive series is the only game series that I can regularly kick Timmy's ass in, um, and <laughs> we just did it again yesterday. We hooked up the Dreamcast. He put up he he. Uh, Put in Dead or Alive 2, and I kicked his ass with the Dreamcast controllers, and it felt good. I hadn't played that game since I was in high school. <laughs> um, he said, yeah, I hope it was, bitch. <laughs> He's my husband. I can talk to him that way. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, kind of like a like a, a casual gamer, I, I, I would call myself, because, you know, like Pokemon, Kirby, Mario, blah, blah, blah. But then... Then you like you play me in Dead or Alive, or like we co-op in Borderlands, or um, Tim and I actually just started a new Diablo three question mark <laughs> like a new Diablo season on the Xbox um, yesterday, and I'm enjoying that a lot. So yeah, I, I, it's Diablo something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but I it's it's like my tastes range either from like cute and puffy and sweet to like i'm going to murder things so i i don't know <laughs> and i i think that's that's a good range too because you get to try out like kind of a little bit of everything right like you get the full spectrum of of video games right like from animal crossing to yeah. dead or alive um reading what what timmy's saying he tries to be technical and she's all over the place and i can't <laughs> i can't gauge what she's doing i'm not all over the place you just figured out how i fight yet and most of it is if you knock me down i'm going to do a low kick when i'm getting up so fucking bored man come on i think in other words she's telling you to quote get good scrub unquote yeah and i think there's this this really shitty dichotomy too that we have between like casual gamers and hardcore gamers and and you know that's I, i think we can we can save that for another time um but yeah, super, super shitty. Super shitty. Yeah. What I, is- I think I just call myself a casual gamer because I, I don't spend very much time gaming. Mm. I think that's sort of how I classify it. Whereas I would I would call, uh, you know, my husband, who has an entire room dedicated to his games, more of a hardcore gamer. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is very much for him and something that he really thinks about and really puts a lot of time and passion and 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 not just for himself but for like involving other people um 
Beth Flynn just said, there's no hardcore casual. There's just gamers who have more or less time to their games. I like yeah, that. That's a really, that's a like really that good a way to look at it. Like, there are some people who can spend more time not just gaming, but like paying attention to gaming ephemera, paying attention to the news, getting more involved in the communities, um, whatever. And there are some people who like, I just, just want to play some games, or I just want to do some mobile stuff, or I just want to play Animal Crossing for a half hour. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we- It's all we... valid. Yeah, I think it's all valid too. Well, that's, that's, it's, that's a great way to say it. Um, so is there anything you would like to, to say to wrap all this up? Is there anything that we missed? Any, any parting words of wisdom? Um, don't come to me for wisdom. That's my parting words of wisdom. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I guess we'll. I mean, Timmy, Timmy can tell y'all. I am, I'm a, you know, a relatively intelligent person, and I also completely lack common sense. <laughs> you, you have, you have a high intelligence, but maybe a lower wisdom. Yeah, yeah. To put um, it in D and D terms. I, yeah, that's very good. I, I don't know. Like, I just. Be excellent to each other and um, so smart. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's me. Um, I yeah, be good to each other. And um, since I don't currently stream and may never get around to it because I start setting things up and just get frustrated and go never mind. Um, if you haven't already followed my husband Timmy Cola on Twitch or join Discord, that'd be cool. No pressure. I don't want to turn this into a plug since I am a guest of Goggles. Um, but Ian, this was fun and um, yeah, yeah, I know you told me you'd help me, but whatever. <laughs> is is there another place that whatever. we can... <laughs> Is there another place that we can find you online? Like, are you on Twitter? Do you have a blog? Yes, I am on Twitter. Um, I I, I use it for mostly work stuff, but I do occasionally retweet um, funny things or gaming things. Um, my Twitter is Nicole C. Kohler. And actually type the URL in here. Yeah, please. Do, I'll do that. Um, which is real name. I'm not going to, you know, make any comments on that. Um, but as you, as you may guess, since I use it for... Uh, work stuff sometimes it it kind of makes more sense for, for it to be under my name also the person who has free quiet on twitter i went as far as offering to buy it from them and they're like no it means a lot to me i'd rather keep it so uh, well at least they responded to you <laughs> i have free quiet everywhere else now and they're like no but i really want to keep it i'm like i'm gonna keep checking and the day you decide to change your mind i'm gonna take it <laughs> better watch your ass <laughs> your ass free quiet yeah <laughs> so yeah um please go and uh show some support to both free quiet as well as to Mikola. they're both very very wonderful chill amazing people free it's been a fucking blast talking to you today uh most importantly i hope you had a good time and i hope chat had a good time um you're more than welcome to come back if you ever want to uh do a round two i'd be more than happy I'd love that. So yeah. thank you. And I hope everyone in chat enjoyed it. And uh, yay. And uh, I don't know what else to say. Shit. Um, <laughs> peace. peace. <laughs> so if, if you don't mind, I'd like you to uh, just chill out in, um, in voice chat for a bit while we wind down. Okay. 
Okay. So, yeah, chat, what did we think? That was uh, episode two of The Cauldron. That's our uh, monthly, or hopefully monthly, <laughs> community podcast. Uh, that was Free Quiet, a.k.a. Nicole. And, um, like I said, I do recommend you check her out, as well as check out Tim, uh, Timmy Cola, who is her husband. Right now, let's start winding down again. Uh, thanks to our patrons. You guys, uh, help make this stream possible and help provide a little bit of security blanket to me and Squid. So, um, thank you to Squid Pro Crow, Chad Landon Smith, Queen Sis, Nicole Kohler, thank you, Free, John Borg, Belly, and Dustin and Troy, thank you guys so much for joining Patreon and helping us out. This stream is supported by viewers like you, so thank you to T-Dog and Anonymous Chira and Beth for the heckin' bits, to our mod crew, including Belly and Squid, to our new followers, hello, hello, and to everybody who decided to do a sub slash resub, so Belly, Free Quiet, and Kinishir Plays, thank you guys so much. Um, most importantly, whether or not you sub, cheer, bit, host, anything, um, regardless of that, thank you so much for coming and for spending your time here, most importantly, um, because this stream would not be a community, would not be anything without you being here, and I appreciate it so very, very much, so thank you for spending your time when you could have spent your time doing anything else, you, come, you chose to come here, and that means a big deal to me, so thank you so much. Remember, as always, to do no harm, to take no shit, and to most importantly, after all we've learned today, to uh, take care of yourselves and each other, because that's what is the most important thing in this world. Bye!